Welcome to Arts North. I'm your host, Michael Cast, your community connection for everything art in northern BC, BC, and hopefully pretty soon Canada. Sitting across from me in the studio is CFIS FM. Uh, they're so generous with allowing me to record this podcast in their studio is Marcel Gagnon. Hello. Hello. Hello, Marcel. Uh, Clay Leitonet. Uh, elder. Yes. Elder. Band member. Band member. Yeah. Musician. Yeah. Playwright. Yeah. Producer. <laughs> <laughs> you got it all, man. You got it all going uh, on. That's funny. And uh, uh, um, uh, renovator for and, old and, log cabins. And we got, we got to say Juno <laughs> Award nominee. Finalist. Finalist yeah. for? 2002. Yeah. Uh, Best Aboriginal Recording Canada. That's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Good old memories, hanging around with the bare naked ladies and all those boys. Great stuff. Back in, back in the day. And I didn't even know who Seal was. Do you believe that? You didn't? I had no clue. I, I think at 2002, I probably wouldn't either. I think back then I was, I was being a bad boy. <laughs> No, I, I was really out of touch. I didn't know who Psalm 41 was. No? Nickelback, no, they were right there. Nickelback? Diana Krall, I recognized. Yeah. She was there. And, uh, Jan Arden, always a laugh. Great people. Believe it or not, I sat next to this young guy and, and the sax player, Justin Fry, said, do you know who you're sitting next to? And I said, no. And he said, that's Prime Minister Trudeau's son, Justin Trudeau. So I turned to him and I said, well... Our future prime minister, and he looked at me and he smiled and asked me who I was, and he said, "I'm a phys ed teacher in North Vancouver. I'd love to see that man again today." Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't think he was, you know, and in twists and turns, right? We don't, we don't know uh, where life is going to take us. Like I didn't know I was going to be in Prince George. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Eh? You know, I, I think, Michael, when you just take the time to meet people. I'm driving way out in the bush one time, and I meet these four Chinese guys hunting mm-hmm. grizzly bear. And uh, they turn out to be uh, some of my best friends. They're from Beijing. Mr. Gao owns a, a TV network there. and Yeah, it's just amazing when you just stop and take the, take time to talk to people, you know. Take some time. Yeah. How did you, so what was your journey to becoming, first of all, let's talk about your journey to becoming a musician. You know, Michael, I, I think about that a lot and I don't even know where it started. I, I found a picture of me when I was about four years old with a little plastic guitar in my hand. Mm-hmm. So obviously there was something that clicked way back then. But I spent my childhood and my youth glued to a cheap little radio listening to CFUN out of Vancouver every night, listening to Buddy Holly and all this beautiful music and thinking, wow, I would just dream. Never ever thought of music and I guess it kind of crept up on me in my late teens and I just picked up a guitar and it came very natural to me. And you play, do you play any other instruments besides guitar? I did banjo and mandolin for a while. I got pretty... uh, Pretty good on the banjo, but yeah. my ex-wife said, Where do you take that thing outside? <laughs> it's annoying. 
Thank goodness I don't. Well, I play, and and this is how we met. Um, I was working at Speedy as a graphic artist. You came in, and I said something about playing blues harp. Yeah. And my dogs, my dog tells me to go outside. <laughs> Because when I start playing, I'll play along with whatever song I'm listening to, and and I just have to. And I, I don't know if that's the same with you. There's sudden, there's just just this this something inside that just drives me to. And I, I'm by no means a musician, by no means a, anything you know close to. I mean, we're all. I think we're all intuitively creative somehow. Yeah, I think yeah. that I think the universe is has imbued us with some sort of creativity. The creator, God, whatever you want to call that power, yeah, yeah. has given us that. And I don't know if that's for you. Do you feel hey, you know, compelled to I had playing? some really cool teachers, Mike, about that very thing, and, and some of them told me, you know what, Marcel, you have a really unique gift, but don't take that gift and not use it. That gift is meant to help people, and and by, by help, I, and it took me a long time to figure this out, but by help, it, he meant... When I play and I sing or whatever to people, or what I'm doing is I'm lifting their spirits, or they're they're getting something from it. That music makes your body and your mind relax, and it feels good. So if that's what it is that's helping people, well, that's a pretty unique mm -hmm. gift to have. I know I saw you, and I took some photos, and I think I sent you some photos of the twenty in the twenty twenty fifteen Winter Games. Right? Was that the one with the reflection in the water? Was that yours? Uh, I think so. That was one of mine. I'd have, oh to, I'd have to look. It was a beautiful picture. Oh, my gosh. If it is, Mike, I'd love to have that picture. It's just it's. it's oh, I, pr I probably have it. I'll look for it somewhere. Great. But uh, the, just the, and I love the music. It's not my, it's not sort of my, you know, thing that I would listen to all the time. But like you said, calming mm -hmm. and just soothing and just you know sort of wait you know just w my body just started moving all on its own without any yeah. i didn't have to think about it right yeah yeah, yeah. no that's yeah. good and that so that and and so that music that drives that feeling inside of us brought you to a place um of healing didn't it yes it did but you know for so many years I, I played music in cabaret and bars and oh, and wake up just like my world was totally upside down. Mm -hmm. We I was at a powwow one time in Quinnell years ago. And I was the president of the society at the time. So I had to greet everybody and stand there with my suit and tie with all these other dignitaries. And the drummer started. The drummer started to play on the big powwow drum, and I felt something kind of grab my my throat, my neck, and just squeezed it a little bit. So I had to, you know, fight it off, and uh, so I could breathe. It was like it cut my wind off for a moment. And uh, thinking, what is that? What, what was that all about? And I'm watching these drummers, and they start to really get into it. And then the dancers came in, and the dance. The leader was. Um, he had a big long staff with an eagle claw on it, and he danced right in front of us. And he was beautiful, and his first time, I was 36 years old, I'd never been to a powwow in my life. Wow. And I'm an Indian. And he danced by, and he smiled at me, and he had the biggest, brightest, feel-goodest smile that I ever saw in my life. And I just, that thing that grabbed lightly my throat 
grabbed it real hard, and I could not breathe, and I started to cry. And I'm telling you, Michael, I could not stop myself from crying. I just cried. And I was standing there, and I'm thinking, stop crying, man. People were handing me tissues and napkins and everything. I had my head down. I don't know how long I cried. All of a sudden, I saw these rows of little bells in front of me, and they were moving up and down. And I opened my eyes, and I'm looking at them. I'm thinking, what? And then all of a sudden, this hand came out and lifted my chin. And there in front of me was this beautiful, beautiful old native lady with white braids, holding the biggest eagle feather I've ever seen in my life. And she said to me, I don't know who you are, my boy, but the drum is calling you home. Hmm. And I just, <laughs> I went, what? She said, the drum is calling you home. And she gave me that feather and danced away. You know how many years I ran from those words? Hmm. I joined bands and I did everything and woke up in some of the grungiest little places. But I would hear her voice. And eventually I gave in and I said, I want to know what this all means. And then I made my first hand drum. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my journey. And and recently, <coughs> you've uh, you've written a play about that. The drum can is you t- calling ca- you. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, you know what? I Karen and I debate, Karen, uh, Jeffrey and I from uh, Sunset Theater and Wells debate this all the time. I say, you are the one who mentioned it to me. She goes, no, you're the one who went. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. Uh, I went into the studio. I knew nothing about acting and theater. It was unique because it was theater Concert, ceremony, and uh, I'll think of the other one. But it was four different um, things all happening at once, it, it, and it, it hadn't happened there before. And uh, it was taking my life into four, four stages, my childhood, adolescence, adult, and then me as an elder, and how in each phase of my life little things came along that were aboriginal and spiritual and grabbed onto me and pulled me further and further in until I, it all culminates with me being an elder. And some of those stories were very, they were very hard because I had no idea what the fourth wall was. Mm-hmm. And they, and she would say, okay, my son, now break the fourth wall. I go, I had no idea. Two years I was rehearsing and, and then finally I said, what the heck is a fourth wall? And they told me. But, and, but that's what I would do. I'd step outside the acting on stage or a little magical place and I would speak to the audience. That was a fourth wall. And it was so personal because there's, you know, stories in there where I was there when someone died and I had to play my drum to release their spirit and... And it was hard to tell us, and then to try to sing Amazing Grace with my drum, mm-hmm. you know, on stage. That, that's hard stuff to do. Yeah. But in the end, uh, the shows went over really, really well. And, and in the end, I had to really think about it all and go, wow, what a different, uh, what a different lifestyle that, that whole theater thing is. I don't know if I can do it. So when I went back last week, and as a musician and storyteller, it was so different. I didn't have to rehearse lines and memorize lines. and No, I just sat there with my guitar and I talked to the audience and played. And it was great. It was fun. So the show evolved then. Is that, is Absolutely that, yeah? evolved, yeah. yeah. The, um, have you thought about bringing it to Prince George? for? Uh, I, th- I think Theater Northwest 
they're always like if you talk to Marnie, uh, they're always looking for that sort of you know new new works to that they can develop over and and see how it goes. I would love, you know, Mike, you're an artist too. Well, you say or not, but you know what? You know how hard it is to do work in your own hometown, eh? That's, uh, I find it very, very hard. Oh, yeah. Do you? Oh, God, yeah. I could go and play in front of 10,000 people and not have the jitters at all, but to come back to Prince George and sit there on stage, even at Books and Company, it's a real challenge to me. I don't the, know why. The night you played at Books and Company, I was there with, with Kathy Travers and some other people, and you played the drum. Yeah. The big drum. Yeah, I remember that. That was... That was mind-blowing. I don't know how you had the... Well, it didn't seem that you had the jitters to me. Did you have the no, jitters? No, because then? I had three other guys with me around that Yeah, time. around that drum. Yeah, three yeah. other guys. Yeah. No, it, it's hard. It's hard for me. I don't think I'll ever get over that, and I'm glad that it's that way. I'm glad it's that way. It doesn't... I think um, it prevents a person from becoming jaded. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, oh, totally. Like a big shot. Yeah. I, I, I suffered from big shotism. For <laughs> at least I thought I was <laughs> a big shot. You're a legend in your own I was mind. A leg- I, don't you know who I am <laughs> or or think I am? <laughs> so are you are you planning on taking uh the the play to other venues and other places yeah, outside we of Wales? Yeah. We we are we are Michael. I don't know what that looks like. I don't ask Karen any of those questions. I just, it's up to her, and if it's going to happen, it will happen. It's its its good because I'm not in that phase of my career where I go, oh, I hope this happens, I hope this, and then there's a big letdown when it doesn't, and yeah, I'm way beyond that. I go, yeah, okay, phone me if something comes up. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and work on my cabin or whatever. So um, Karen is? Karen Jeffrey is the owner of... Uh, at uh, Sunset Theater. She okay. went to um, Stratford. Did she? Yeah, she's Stratford trained. And boy, I'll tell you, it was, I hope you're not listening, Karen. It was really hard because she pushed me. Oh, good. She pushed me right to the extreme to the point where I just, oh. Want to cry? Yeah. But I had she's Stratford. A, I had a stage manager that was at Stratford. My first uh, apprenticeship here in Prince George at Theater Northwest and uh, she pushed me wow. like hard, hard, hard. That's tough. And I didn't want to do, like I didn't want to, I was, I had learned in the 80s I, before we had computers and I cut my teeth in Toronto. And, uh, uh, but she was Stratford and it was like, you're going to do it this way and you're going to yeah. do it my way. And if you don't listen, I'm, I have no qualms about just letting oh, yeah. you go. I can't even, and I, we we brought an actor in, Aaron. That kid was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how he memorized all those lines in a couple of days. I just said, Aaron Wells is the name. I go, Aaron, how do you do that? Well, I think that if you're an actor, you're born to be that way. You're mm-hmm. born to do that. That's like a, a musician, gift. you can play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Artist, artist can paint. I I think, and we, this goes back to believing that we are we are inherently creative i think our spirits cry to 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 release that creative mm-hmm. somehow i mean some people cook 
Mm-hmm. Some people knit, some people crochet, some people do pottery. You do music. Some people just sit there and listen. Yeah. That's it. And they're, think. To me, they're the greatest counselors ever. And whether they know what you're talking about or what you're going through or whatever, who cares? For people, I love them so much when they just sit there and listen mm-hmm. and, and encourage you. That That's, that's crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so have you got any music, new music? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I do. I don't know. Even though I've been in music as long as I have, I still you know, I hear all these technical or uh, musical terms and I still don't understand them. So, <laughs> so for me, I'm uh, I, I I never just went down that road. I go, yeah, really. Well, if it's a good album, I'll listen to it, and if it sucks, I'm gonna go and watch a hockey game. That's the way it is with me, and I don't expect people to like my album. Anyhow, um, I would like to do one more album, but I'd like to do it with. Um, Totally the London sound. That part of music, I know. And what is the, the okay? What is the London sound? There's the L.A., New York, and London. Well, uh, um, London is very, very uh, overdub. Okay. A lot of overdub and sound of it. Pink Floyd's a good example of the London sound. All right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of thing I want to do. Bring the bass guitar player in to uh, lay down his line. He's done. Bring the yeah that that kind of recording. So it's just overdubbing it. Doesn't sound like Tom Petty in the West Coast L.A. song where you listen to it. You know you can hear it's everybody's playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. You, you can hear that, right? Yeah. So I'm not. I, that's the type of recording, a little bit of New York L.A. kind of stuff that I I've been doing with John and them. But now I I want to I want to step out into something totally different. Dark side of the moon, the sound effects, that kind of thing. Stories that are just, you know. So would it would it be now? This is new. Like I've never heard. Like I've never heard of the term New York, L.A. or London sounds. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've heard. Okay, so there's New York jazz scene. There's yeah. the West Coast jazz scene. Yeah. Like I know that. Yeah. And I know the different blues, Piedmont blues and Delta blues, Chicago blues, and I get yeah. that. Yeah. I never knew there was like a New York, L.A. Yeah. and London. Yeah. Yeah. Those are. Uh, some of the musicians I heard talking, and they call them the big three. What is like, LA, like, the wall of sound? From, with it, what's it, his that's name? Phil Spector Phil was Spector, the wall of yeah, sound. Yeah, he, took, yeah. he took orchestra and all that sound and orchestra and, and made it so definitive that you could hear the, the, hear the strings and the, and the violins. And I mean, he was an amazing guy when he really listened to his stuff. Um, that, that's kind of, uh, uh, guys like that come along once in a while and they have that unique ability to, to create stuff like that. But for the most part, I find me, there's so much music out there and it's changing so fast. I listen to these kids and I, I get a good indication of what's going on. I hear a song that was released three months ago and this kid's listening to it and the other kid says, you're still listening to that old stuff, man? Oh, yeah. Like, this is, uh, holy moly, it's changing that quickly that quick it's a race now i um i talked to some of the young people i work with and and i'll mention names like and 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 you know big names bob dylan guys that were that i know and they're like i don't know who that is and i'm like no i mean you gotta (laughs) and then then in the 80s when when the grateful dead had their only top 10 hit i heard kids say oh have you heard that new band 
right? No, yeah. this was in the eighties. When was it? Was a late nineties? Maybe they had their yeah. first top ten hit, and their and the kids were like, "Is that?" And I don't mean to disparage young people, yeah, at all. No, that's 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 the uh, trend of of music now, yeah, and uh, and that's what has to happen. I mean, I'm for me, I'm just waiting for that super band to come along, like. You know? Do you think there will be any more? I oh, oh there has to be. I mean the I mean you got the Stones. Well, you had you had Elvis and then you had the uh, Beatles. The Beatles. And now there's just somebody else that's going to come along. There's you know people that come like Michael Jackson made a big impact and ABBA and all these people. Yeah. But there's just that special one that's going to come along. He yeah, hasn't come along yet. Maybe it was Freddie Mercury. I don't know. Freddie Mercury. I saw Queen in Toronto in 1983 or 84. Yeah, wow. That was amazing. Guy. I was lucky. Yeah, grateful. My parents actually bought me the tickets for my for my uh, for my 20th for my 20th birthday. Wow. So that was a while ago. <laughs> I'd have given <laughs> anything to see see that. Well, living in Toronto at the time was pretty pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, I got lots to see a lot on, of concerts. Eh? Yeah, lots going on, and then and then it got to be too much. Yeah, you know, so I had to split. And uh, so, so this overdubbing, this is really cool because I I'm one of the guys that are like, oh, I'd love to hear the the whole band in the studio, but you want to do. You want to bring in just one instrument at a time and 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 overdub it. Maybe do a couple tracks and yeah, play them over but backwards yeah. or loop them or yeah, whatever I have to do. That's the musical part of it, yeah. the melodies and the actual music. That's that part of it. I'm not concerned about that part. What I what I'm really I really want to get focused on is the sound effects part. Mm -hmm. You know where you hear. Something so natural, and, I, and I've been hearing this for years. I hear a guy running along a creek, uh, um, and you hear the gravel, and you hear the water, and then all of a sudden he falls down right in front of the microphone, and you can hear him go, <laughs> all out of breath like he's running for his life, and then you hear the bass come in with his voice, doom, 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 that kind of thing, mm -hmm. and just go with it, and... You know, once you got those first little things to start something, it takes a life life of its own on after you get that initial start. Mm -hmm. It's like turning on the ignition in the truck and you, yeah. you know, and then yeah, all yeah, of a sudden yeah. everything else kicks in and, and the whole thing's running. That's the way I'm looking at this album as being. Is, I that, your, is that your, is that your, I, sorry to interrupt, is that your, your, standard sort of operating procedure when you write you you have the a, an initial like ignition yeah and then it goes from yeah. there well it always has been and maybe this is why i haven't written very much lately but i've always heard a melody mm -hmm. and i would jump up in the middle of the night and i would grab my phone and find the recorder on there and i'd if it was note for note dang 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 Blah, blah, blah. I'd figure it out note for note. And, and that's a really rough form. And then the chords and the, everything come after that. But I'd get that melody down. And then, I'd, and then I'd say, okay, that's done. I go back to bed. 
maybe a day or two days or a week goes by, I hear that song again, and I go back to it because now it's coming back to me. There's a reason for that. So I go back and I dig it out and I work a little bit more on it and add some high end with the higher strings on my 12 string and start to build a, a, a better form of the song. And then when I'm, I'm totally done with it and I go, okay, I'm done with this whole thing, I put it away. It's recorded on my phone and everything. And then I might be talking to somebody and they tell me a story or something happens and I, they're telling me the story and I go, oh my God, that's that song. Oh my God. And the story that they've told me or a story that I remember in, in my childhood comes back to me and I go, that's that song. I cannot wait to get home and get that song out and listen to it again. And the words for me, Michael, they just come. They just come. And we're going to listen to one of those songs right now. Alice, wake up. Alice, wake up. 
just wake up and talk to me. Alice, wake up. Alice, wake up. Alice, wake up and talk to me. So that was Alice off the BBC album. CBC, yeah. CBC. <laughs> I was thinking, we were th- we were talking about super bands, and I was thinking Led Zeppelin and their BBC <laughs> sessions. <laughs> because, and I, and I say, uh, and you must enjoy the blues. Do you? Yeah, I don't mind the blues, okay. but uh, You're more after a while, it's like, really? Oh, boy, that song sounded like the one. Being... No offense, blues guys. I know you love it and oh, everything. but no. I just died a little inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, blues is the heart of every all music, I think. I think, too. I think so. Oh, too. yeah, it yeah. definitely is. But yeah. I don't know. I'm more into the... Stuff that's really, even the old pet shop boys, I appreciate their stuff. Do you? Oh, God, yeah, it's, it's cool. Harmonies. I like, uh, oh, yeah, and uh, Al Stewart, uh, Year of the Cat. Like, that's, that's a beautiful album. Oh, I my love gosh. that album. Yeah, and I, I'm, I, I tend to, to lean more that way. So singer-songwriter type yeah. stuff, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm going to... I Would it be... Would you be okay if I went to... Marnie Hamagami, who's the general manager of the Theater Northwest, and say, "Hey, you got to check this cat out." And I would be totally honored if you were to do that. I would love to. I would love to. Um, 
or even Jack. I know Jack has moved back to Toronto. Yeah, I saw that. Right? Yeah. Um, he, they did a play. This is this is fun. I'm just going to tell a little story. Iset Wendum. Uh, have you seen the play? No. The story is about a young fellow, a young indigenous fellow who goes and uh, I don't know what it's called now, but back then it was Indian Affairs. Yeah. And uh, and they're like, oh, you got to go up to Meadow Lake. And I'm like, that's where I met my first wife, Meadow Lake. Okay, right. You got to go up to Meadow Lake and talk to your mother, you know, and tell these people they, you know, don't get too serious about this uh, reconciliation stuff, right? And and so he has an awakening, and that's what that's what that word is. Uh, the awakening. Uh, mm. I'm paraphrasing. Awakening. And he realizes that hey, this is all bullshit, right? Indian mm. affairs is just this bullshit. Uh, in that sense, yeah. It turns out that this you know, this fellow Miguin, uh, I can't remember his last name, is from Whitefish Bay, in northwestern Ontario, and he knows the same people I know, and wow. we probably were like we were neighbors wow. when I lived out when I worked out there in the summers and I worked out there. That's crazy. So it's, it's, it, was, it was a great meeting him. And if you get a chance to see that, and it's going to be on the main stage, I think, for their third show in February, I would, I would recommend seeing it. It's a powerful one-man show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd, I'm just always something comes up, and I'm always doing something when, when they're having stuff like that. I'll remind you. Great. I'll bug you. Great. <laughs> great. I'll bug you. Uh, Marcel, thank you so much for coming in. You you're know. very welcome, Michael. I'm, I always I'm enjoy glad you're talking doing to you. This. I'm glad yeah. you're doing these podcasts and everything. That's, that's well, good. I think it's important that we uh, that we uh, promote and uh, and support the arts. Yeah, any art good. in Prince George, not only Prince George, but across the province and across the country. We have Perfect. some, and in Prince George especially, we have some incredibly talented people and you and you're one of them oh thank you thank you so much thanks this podcast is recorded at the studios of cfis fm in prince george british columbia produced and edited by take five media if you're interested in seeing any of the arts north video interviews check us out on youtube look for take five or you can go to www.take5media.com